What is going on, guys? My name is Dimitri, and welcome to the Rise Project Podcast. In today's episode, we have... You've met him before. His name is Drew Rice. He is a engineer and personal finance podcaster now. He's not a... He's, he's a you, you, you podcast? You podcaster? Is that... Is that, that works. Is that, do people say that? Is that a... Is that a thing? You podcast? I talk in front of a camera. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is what everyone does. That's what I'm doing right now. It's what you're doing right now. But for those of you that don't seriously know, Drew was on episode. Here, I can do this. Wait a Let me think. He was on episode 11. Was you it? Do you remember? That sounds right. That sounds right. It sounds about right. Let me. It you know was what? something in the under 20. I got the list. I got the list right here. Let me see. See if I can do this. Boom. 11. Didn't Good even memory. know. Total random guess. <laughs> That's how you do it. All right, good memory. Off to a good start. I like that. That was just I was conceptualizing the thumbnails in my brain. If that yeah, makes any sense? Yeah, that works. Um, but yeah, uh, tell the little people a little, little about yourself. I am stuttering because the delay between my microphone and my headphones, for some reason, decided to to add an extra half second. So I'm gonna have to, you know, force myself to talk normally through this entire podcast, which I love. Anyways, go. Perfect. Yeah. So my name is Drew Rice. I am a uh, engineer and a cost and risk analyst. I work in the U.S. space program. And so I'm really passionate about both engineering and about personal finance. Uh, I started a YouTube channel that's called uh, Wealth for 99 with Drew Rice. And what I want to focus on there is trying to spread financial information that I wish I had had at a younger age on a you know democratized platform. So that, that way people get access to it, since I think that that is not something that's uh, approached enough in school and with our parents and friends. And I think we should normalize that. So my goal is to try and make that information more available for the average person and talk from their perspective, as opposed to uh, the people that are trying to sell courses of how to buy a Lamborghini. I <laughs> care much more about how to buy a, a Hyundai and live affordably. He said courses on how to buy a Lamborghini. That's good. Yep. Um, so basically you're a rocket scientist who talks about personal finance. Just kidding. Kind of not kidding. <laughs> right. I don't have a PhD. But, <laughs> but he, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, speaking of the Lamborghinis and the, the all those people. You know, this day trading trend is hilarious. Because um, I, got, I got people I know personally who apparently think they can day trade now. <laughs> Dave Portnoy, oh, man. <laughs> Bar, the Oracle of Barstool. That's that's why you got him. Uh, uh, he, he's it's very entertaining in a very uh, sad way. But wait, Dave's the guy who does the pizza reviews and owns Barstool. Is that the name? That guy. Yes. Oh, yeah, man. Dave. He's Portnoy. funny. Wait, he's pitching that. Yeah. So oh, uh, no. so DDTG. So like a oh, Day, no. Davy Day Trade Global is no. a, is like a hashtag on Twitter. No, no. And he. Uh, it's basically him doing like almost reaction videos, but to the stock market. And it's him talking about like going all in on this stock or that stock, depending on the day. Um, oh, that's funny, but just, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's funny, but nobody should take it seriously because it's yeah, nobody should take it seriously. Yeah, it's it's really entertaining, though. That's that's dumb, but entertaining at the same time. Right, like. His classic one is he's talking about whenever so he's been ranting about how uh, how he's better than the um, than the pinstripes or the suits and how he's going to uh, beat all of these uh, you know institutional investors and so that's his main thing. But the problem such is, a dude, though, he's just such he a is. dude. He is. Know. Well, just, and 
Yeah, he is. And the other thing is whenever you're looking at his like actual returns, it's like, it's not better than the average per, like literally it's not better than <laughs> if you had just bought in the end of March and held like, because when you consider the amount of taxes he ends up paying, he's paying over, you know, 50% of his taxes with his bracket. Like it's, that's not but good. it's entertaining. It's I did a video him. on it's it. If people are interested. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He, he, it's fun for him. By the way, the reason I got up is, you know, sometimes I just have OCD and I'm like, am I recording? Probably. Probably not though, because I'm me and I forget. Actually, I never really do forget. Um, I always just have to check because. Also, on my way up there, um, I heard a very large crack in my knee and uh, that, that felt good. Not really. I got a bum knee. I don't know if you've heard this story, but I, I've had a bum knee since I've been in eighth grade. Oof. Yeah, I like I liked, probably tore my patellar tendon, but just haven't done anything about it. Playing baseball. No fun. Yeah, no, it's it just been hurting me forever. And d- right where the patella tendon like connects with with the patella, um, just had a little bit of a to it. So Dang. feel great. Good thing Getting I'm gonna old. be sitting for an hour. Um, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we we've known each other for a while. Uh, we actually just did a little uh ten person collab with uh, Vince Liu. Shout out to Vince, who's been on the podcast twice, and now Drew is the second of the second time people. Woo, 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 back on the Rice Productive podcast. <laughs> um. I got to get other people from that get together on this show, but oh, definitely, yeah, uh, Ryan and and Dang and and whatnot, and uh, there were, we just had a, like a little YouTube gamer night. I'll I might put the link in the description if I remember. It was a pretty it was a pretty fun night. We played Scriblio. You guys enjoyed alcoholic beverages while I laughed. Yes, yeah, it was it was, it was very good. Yeah, it's been yeah, weird. It, how long how, how long have you been making videos slash podcasts for? So I, uh, on this channel, I think I made my first one in like January. I had been, so I did like some, uh, so I, since high school, I've been reviewing running shoes. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Another and so I did those on like a, a smaller channel that I don't really, you know, care about, but basically that was where I just like practiced because obviously we're all terrible at the beginning. Of course. Um, and so that I did that for a couple months, just trying to figure stuff out. And so then, yeah, since January. That's pretty good. I, I've been making videos on and off for too long, but it's been, it's been fun since having met you and Vince and all those different people. And, you know, I just want to make a recommendation at the start of this whole thing, make YouTube friends because today I like called Vince and I was like, ah, man, I'm trying to get a GoPro. And he's like, why? I'm like, "Ah, I just want some nice action shots. I'm doing this cold showers challenge now. And I just, I just want a shot shot of me in the shower, just freaking out, you know? It's like absolutely going nuts. Just like, oh man, like, well, I'll bleep out whatever it is uh, in that video, but I won't swear now. But you know, like that whole situation is hilarious in my opinion. I think it would add a lot to the cold showers video. And also, For sure. I have some cool news. Did not tell you until just now. I don't know if you're aware of what the Canon uh, 5D, EOS 5D Mark IV is. It's a $2,500 camera. What if I told you that I forgot that in my tuition cost, I can rent that out for free whenever I want from school. That's amazing. Yeah, I forgot. And then, yeah, yeah. I would be on that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing it tomorrow. Um, this is being recorded on September 24th. And by September 25th, I will just, uh, the B-roll. Ooh, the sweet, yeah. the sweet, <laughs> sweet shallow depth of field that I've been craving for since I've had this iPhone or whatever. Oh, man. Yeah, no question. No oh, question. Man. And a GoPro is definitely 
a great addition too but yeah right yeah like, you can't beat that i've just been thinking about it like i was gonna be like all right man you reach youtube monetization you deserve a camera and then i find out i can rent out a real one for eight months and i'm like well this thing's worth like 2500 bucks i can i can get the new gopro it's like 500 bucks what is that right no for sure I, that's ex- yeah no question i yeah 100 percent oh, agree man. people and i'm, I'm yes. waiting the same and I'm waiting the same. It's like, I don't want to buy a, a mirrorless until I get to the point where it's, you it's know, justified. at least a thousand subs, you know, something. Yeah. I should have, I told myself I was going to buy something at a thousand. Then I, 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 I'm a cheapskate. I feel like sometimes, but I, I wimped out That's on that and I was like, ah, oh. but then it's like, oh, well, monetization, you're making money. Like that's just reinvesting into your business. Right. But somehow in my brain, exactly. I'm like, no. And then it's like, no, come on, man. I don't know. <laughs> you know, cause like theoretically, if I make that back by the time I'm done with school, you know, I, I could justify it. Don't you think? I feel like it, I would say so. I think that's much better than, you know, a lot of other things you could spend that money on. I could. You're right. I could have honestly, in all seriousness. I mean, I don't I was speaking of he, he had fun in the in the little happy hour or whatever <laughs> um, that we had. But like, <laughs> I don't really drink. And like throughout college, man, I, I, I definitely say most people spend a lot more than 500 bucks on, yeah, uh, no on alcohol throughout the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like. People go yes. through that in a semester, I feel like. So, oh, yeah. Or, or no, less. easily. Easily. Yeah. Easily would probably be a better statement. Yeah. I think I, I lowballed that on purpose there. But, um, yeah, no. I uh, Well, you guys will see. You guys will know whether I did it or not. And I feel like this is some sort of social pressure for myself, knowing, like, this podcast will be out in two weeks. And if they don't see a GoPro shot by then, you will have failed them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That'll be funny. It's a good plan. Um. What do you got going on in your life? Not much. Uh, I since I was on last time, I decided to uh, I I so I was using an old laptop from school. So I decided to build a new PC because that did not have anywhere near enough power to use like any good editing software. So that's great. Um, other than that, spent I took like a month off because me and my girlfriend did a ton of hiking and camping in the Sierras, uh, which was awesome because she hadn't done. Uh, so like the tallest mountain in the, uh, contiguous 48 States in the U S is Mount Whitney. And my girlfriend had never gone on a, a 14,000 foot peak before. So I took her on, uh, Mount Langley, which is one of those. And then, uh, there's only like a have about a dozen in the United States. And so I took her on that and then we went and did Whitney together. So that was really good. I took that entire month of August off and then came back and started doing more of a podcast style, uh, on YouTube. Cause I, I feel that that fits more with what I want, what my goals are as far as like trying to work full time while doing this. Um, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Well, first of all, the way you formulated that means that you had done that before. Yeah, I did it last year. Oh, I, I hike a lot because I like, I like running and trail running. So I do a ton of, so I, I one thing when I first moved out to Los Angeles, uh, from new North Carolina, uh-huh. I didn't know anybody. And so one really good way of meeting people is, uh, joining different meetups. And okay. since I'm really into the outdoors and uh, trail running, I figured why not go meet some hiking people uh, and that way I can learn some new trails to go run. And I ended up uh, last year as an example, not this year because of Corona, but last year for like Memorial Day weekend, I hiked like 50 miles and like oh, wow. almost 20,000 feet of elevation gain in three days. You know, like I, it, this year I would have done the hardest hike that I do, uh, normally is uh, cactus to clouds, which is Mount San Jacinto, uh, near Palm Springs. And basically it's, uh, you hike from Palm Springs, which is at sea level, 
um, 11,000 feet up and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like 20, 21 miles and 11,000, 10,000 feet of gain. Um, yeah, it's a blast. A so deal. I won't be doing, yeah, I won't be doing that this year though, sadly, because the, um, the way it works is you go up and then you come like down a little bit and then you take a tram the rest of the way down. Um, okay. and the tram is closed because of close space, you know, close spaces. Yeah, that makes corona. sense. And I don't want to add that 10 miles and 8,000 feet of uh, loss at the end. So no, no, you really don't. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I, we do a lot of hiking in California. It's amazing. There's just so much stuff. Um, you know, so, so much beautiful, uh, like national land, national and state land to go and hike. Dang. That's awesome. We got some trees left over from like, you know, like the rest of the city being like skyscrapers. We got, we got like some trees. We got some rocks. Yeah. Got some hills. We got a hill that's made out of like old trash. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. The most elevation gain I see is like, I don't know, 30, 30 feet, <laughs> 30 feet over and over again. Like it, it's just Dang. not existent. I'll, I'll run 13. I think I ran 13 yesterday and um, I had zero elevation gain. <laughs> Dang. That's, that's nice. That's nice if you're trying to run. Uh, if you care a lot about, you know, trying to get faster for road races, but yeah, yeah no, I, I do. Most of the stuff I do is I'll go and run like Mount Wilson, which is like uh-huh. a pretty common one in, uh, in California, in like the Los Angeles area. And that one's like, it's, it, there's a lot of like power hiking involved as well. Cause it's like literally 14 miles, uh, out and back. And that's like, it's like 4,300 feet of gain, you know? Wow. So I, I just do a lot of like, not, so I'm like, I don't do the as fast stuff as you do yeah. anywhere near, but I also don't do quite as long flat stuff as Vince does, but I like doing the, the, the steep hard stuff. That's like long, but not insane. Dang, man. Yeah. I don't like Hills or well, in your case, um, mountains. I'm yeah, not a big I don't, fan. I don't blame you. It's, it's more of just a mental thing because it, I don't know. It, it it was the same as like working, uh, you know, a lot of blue collar jobs. It's like you get to a certain point where it's like, you know, I'm good. Like no matter what the circumstance yeah. is, you don't really worry about it because mentally fair. you're like, yeah, it could be worse. <laughs> oh God. Makes me inspired. Maybe one day I'll go out to, I feel like the one place I really want to visit is I've been to California before. I've been to LA, but that's it. I've always wanted to visit Arizona. See, um, well, I've always wanted to run at in Flagstaff. I don't know if you're aware of. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah seven thousand feet, baby. Oh, absolutely. No, oh, that's man. that would be amazing. Flagstaff is uh is beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. I'd I'd go up there, train a little bit, come back down. You know, be be like ah, oxygen. Be very fit. Yeah. I'd be. I'd enjoy that. That'd be fun. Um, absolutely. So. Back, back, going into we we got personal for a second, but we'll we'll talk about yeah. that stuff. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on um, the economy right now? We're in a bit of a we in, we were up like this, now we're in a little bit like this. Just doing one of these, you know? It's it's going up and down. What do you what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think that um, so big picture since the beginning of the year, I think that beforehand in in January and February, I think that the market was already pretty overvalued when we were hitting all time highs. I think that when you look at the um, rise between mm. uh, the 2017 uh, Trump tax cuts and then um, in those tax cuts, a lot of uh, the stipulations that were included, they didn't limit mm-hmm. the um, stock buybacks options for a lot of companies, specifically uh, airlines and banks. And I think that that was they were already a little bit overextended. 
Um, and that's why then they didn't have the money and needed the bailouts later on. Um, and I think that is explain that explains a lot of the fat or the foam at the top of the market. Then. Interesting. Now, when I say that, what I mean is that when you look at say like P, so price to earnings ratio, and you're looking, so what basically what this is for anyone that's unfamiliar, uh, you have a stock that's a certain price. That stock price is based off some multiple of the amount of earnings per share that you get per year from that company. Generally speaking, you want that to be around 15 or less. That means it's average price or a good deal. If it's over that, generally, that means it's a little bit expensive. The stock market on average at that normally is 15 PE. At that time, it was about 22 to 23 PE. So when you're looking at it being 50% over average, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Then on top of that, you know, when you're just looking at like cyclical nature of the economy, uh, the fact that we had been on an 11 year bull run, despite the one 2018 December uh, really short drop, you know, it was past due time. It just needed a reason. Then once it did fall, um, I think you just had a lot of people that are newer investors that didn't, that had never seen a drop like that before, or if they had, it was before they were investing. Right. And I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the people, I think when you saw, started seeing those drops, we had a lot of people that were trading, you know, on margin, uh, leveraged ETFs, all these really risky things, thinking that the market was going to keep going up and that caused that panic to be much worse. Once that occurred, I think you had, um, you know, a lot of people that were um, like me um, and people that are much smarter and much bigger than me that were looking at this as like a great buying opportunity. And so those people, you know, snatched up as much as they could. And then you add on the Fed coming in, uh, slashing interest rates and pumping liquidity into the market. Um, You know, stuff's going to keep going up because there's with, with bond yields and interest rates so low. Um, there isn't really another place for people to put money and get appreciation on it. So you're going to have people hide money in the stock market, regardless of how bad unemployment and other things look, because at least they're getting something out of it as opposed to 0% bonds. Yeah. Yeah. The bond uh, interest rates are ridiculous. They're low right now. Fed, right. Which, what did they make that? Would the Fed put it at? They were almost at negative rates in uh, June, right? It was. Yeah, they put it at, uh, so they always put ranges. So the yeah. range is zero, zero to 0. 0.25 right now. Jesus. So it's basically as close as it can to going negative. And I don't think it will, um, but the issue you have with that is that, so this has, uh, and I'm going on a tangent here, but no, so when you're looking at fiscal policy, um, generally speaking in a recession, you're looking at two different um, viewpoints. There's expansionary and there's contractionary. So uh, expansionary economic policy is like is what we've been doing, which is where you have, um, you know, pump liquidity into the market, meaning put money into the market by printing new money. Money machine uh, go burn. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Making the machine go burn. No question. And then, uh, you know, cutting interest rates so that it's cheaper for people to get loans and to borrow money. Those are expansionary because what they do is they essentially allow there to be more money going into assets, which means assets like stock, real estate. Those assets then go up in value, so the economy continues to expand. Contractionary is where you would have something like, say, you'd increase taxes on those, you know, like in a, you know, in our progressive tax system in the United States, where you would increase taxes at the higher brackets to then try and redistribute more, which of course would slow down economic expansion and growth, but it would, in theory, help the people at the bottom more. There's two different, you know, it's two different 
ways of thinking about economics. Um, but the problem you have with the with only going, this is my opinion, the problem that you have only going with expansionary policy right now is that it only helps the people that already hold assets and mm. those people that are trying to save money and can't, you know, they're holding cash are getting hurt even more because you're printing more money, which there's your money. Dis, right. There's disagreement between different economists on whether or not this is going to increase inflation because, um, individual goods versus asset prices. So some arguments with econo- some economists will argue that inflation will not increase because individual household items will not go up. Therefore, the real inflation uh, that you see as a customer isn't going to change. But I think that the more important thing to look at is the inflation of asset prices relative to the dollar. And when you look at the fact that people are going to put money because there's lower interest rates into, say, real estate because they can get a cheaper loan that's going to keep pumping that asset value up, which then is going to make it more prohibitive for those people to buy in. So whether they see the price of milk go up doesn't really tell a full picture. Yeah, um, I feel like, I feel like inflation as a, as a whole doesn't have to just be household assets or not house, sorry, household items. Not, not, um, I feel like you got to also include other things in there. I'm, I'm right. In- so I think it has, I think that has to do with uh, micro versus macro. I think it's uh, mostly micro economists are saying that it won't, but macro, it will. When you, hmm. Here's my thing about that, though. Because, mm, so the prices of, I guess, the micro economy is that, are they saying the, the micro economists are saying household items won't go up, right? In price. Okay. Um, my thing is this, though. The only way for like economic... Uh, growth for an individual economic mobility is is generally speaking those those larger assets that you're talking about exactly and that's and that's my point is the people i'm just i'm i'm just in case anyone's interested (laughs) there are two viewpoints on this um but yeah that's that's my view is that well it doesn't really matter and long enough down the road if real estate prices continue to go up without rent control or some other uh thing to keep you know rents from going up then the price of milk is going to go up long term too anyway. So, oh, yeah. you know, because if the store is having to pay more in order to be there. Yeah, you know, because like think about how many Um, also on top of that, think about uh, do you know any people personally that refinanced? During uh, all yes. This? Yeah. Yes. Man, oh. And it was a very smart Ooh. thing to do. Ooh, I know a lot of people yeah. refinance, man. I don't know. They're gonna hey, we're gonna see the kickback of that somewhere from the lending companies. I don't I don't know when, I don't know how, but we're gonna <laughs> wait, we're gonna feel yeah. that at some point. I mean, how many people it's, refinanced? It was it was a ridiculous percentage, I'm guessing. A lot. Well, and that was the goal. I mean, that's the goal of the goal of expansionary economics is to get more people involved. You know, and that's it's just in my opinion, all that does is pump the bubble up more. The reality I, I view that there's a certain pace that an economy can keep growing. And yes, exactly. I don't think you can accelerate it, you know, beyond that point. And I think right now it doesn't make any sense for the market to be where it's at. Um, unless you're considering that, unless you're acknowledging that there's nowhere else to put that money and people are just, you know, like if I'm, if I don't know whether I should put money, just hold cash or put it somewhere, then I'm going to buy Amazon or Walmart or some stock that I know is not going to go anywhere. And even if that doesn't appreciate much from here, I know it's not going to be hit by inflation the same way. Because generally speaking, assets are a guard against inflation because they tend to go up with it. Yeah, 
And when you have, I think it was something like, first, so for, first of all, first place out of what you spent your money on if you got a stimulus check, statistically was stocks. Um, so I definitely yeah. think, I definitely think it, because I was talking, uh, I was talking with uh, my dad about this. He's a he's a financial, uh, he's a f- in the financial services industry, and um, you know, part of the reason the economy is inflated or not economy, the market's inflated at the moment, especially a couple months ago, uh, was you know like all the predictions that were being that were being put out about our um, our GDP shrinkage, our uh, the death toll. I mean, the death toll was predicted to be. Uh, like yes. 2 million, right? A lot more. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot more depending on, yes. It was at least one. I've seen as high as two, but one was definitely um, said in a worst case scenario, I think. But two is definitely mentioned as well. Yeah, and, you, and then you see that uh, that ridiculous drop we had in March. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. remember sitting, if you sat in front of your TV on the show or, or like watching any news networks, but like I was just looking at it, I was like, it's just it's plummeting. It just. I remember specifically on March 23rd, the day of the bottom, listening on CNBC to Bill Ackman, basically uh, losing his mind about how bad it was going to get. And yeah, it was. Uh, and the whole time I was just like, okay, I'm buying. And like, you know, and don't get me wrong, you're nervous as can be. Like when you're buying in that scenario, it does not feel good at the time. Um, just for anyone listening, uh, you just have to know what looks like a good value and uh has a low enough risk profile for you yeah you gotta look at the bite the bullet sometimes yeah, you gotta look at the balance sheets at some point and be like well everything else is kind of in a bad spot but well this one looks okay to me like you got the uh you got the fangs you get the fangs to keep yeah. it up as well which is um interesting uh yeah you, know, you, got, you got apple you know they're they're split they had their very good new iOS update. I know you don't have an iPhone, but I tell you what, they're doing good stuff yeah. right now. I can't really complain. They much. they're amazing. The uh, the camera on them alone is testament to how much better they've gotten over the years. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, you, the, my guy's got a Samsung something S seven maybe. Yeah, I have an old. Yep, an S seven. Uh, yeah, I tell you yep. what, iPhone video, you doing okay? But you're going to be yeah. taken over by a DSLR soon. Um, anyways, we we got this. We do have this situation, though, where I feel like the fangs are, they're inflating where we're at a little bit, you know, conceptually. Uh, I think, you know, you look at the economy and you got all these companies who are just doing well. And I know tech is the future and tech will stay there and Amazon will stay there and Apple will stay there, yada, 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 whatever. But, I mean, theoretically, just your your average business is closing, Um with everything going on, right? If we, if we if we close down or shut down again one more time, I think something like 40% of businesses will not be able to reopen. Like, yeah. what? What it's, are we going to do in that situation? I mean... It's a huge problem. Um, so, it sucks. Uh, so, okay, so to give a background on just like my general viewpoint is I grew up in a rural area in North Carolina and now I live in Los Angeles, California. So I've lived in very, very different uh, very areas. Very polarizingly different uh, the economic yes. and political opinions over there. Exactly. Exactly. And so what I'd say is it definitely, it, it's a really, tra- it's a travesty the way that the government has handled this, in my opinion, um, on both sides. I think that realistically, the st- as in my opinion, we need to have more contractionary policies right now, not 
expansionary. I think that sending out the $1,200 checks one time didn't do doodly for the average American because that doesn't, I mean, even if you're living in like, you know, really poor housing situation, that's, that wouldn't have covered your rent this entire time. You know, just that. Um, Then when you consider the high unemployment, when you consider the fact that yes, this hurts um, small businesses relative to big businesses far disproportionately, I think really the only answer is, in my opinion, the only answer is you have to have the government stepping in and giving more assistance to those smaller businesses and, you know, probably regulating those bigger ones, especially the fangs. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. The number one stock that I was buying during the downturn was Facebook. But Facebook, in my opinion, is a monopoly that needs to be broken up or heavily regulated. Oh, and I, I think... And I think the same with like, you know, Amazon, I think there were, uh, so I mentioned this in my video, in one of my videos the other day about the, um, uh, or it might've been today. I don't remember when it came out, but basically the make billionaires pay act as an example was one that had been suggested, uh, which I don't, I think there are some flaws with it. Um, but basically it was looking at like the top, uh, billionaires in the United States, how much they had gained since the downturn. And that we should, you know, put a wealth tax on them to then redistribute to the average citizen for medical bills over the next year. Um, and I think that you would have to do something along those lines. But I think no matter what, us bailing out companies like, you know, uh, and my, I have two family members that work for the airlines, but bailing out airlines that were using money to buy their own stock and inflate their price instead of giving bonuses to their employees um, or saving money, they shouldn't be rewarded. And the government should either get, they did get 1% equity in them, but they should either get more equity or they should, you know, possibly nationalize them and use them like a utility. Um, You know, the same as like Union Pacific Railroad back in the day, Um, because that's what a lot of other, when you look at like Korean Air, um, you know, Emirates, a lot of other, countries do that and it emirates actually is a, emirates is a th- that's that why airline? it's uh that's so basically it's heavily it, so it may be private but it's heavily subsidized i'm not sure i but it's heavily subsidized by the uae government um and the reason i the only reason i know that is because whenever my um family members were looking at uh you know the salaries and the different compensation plans the u emirates pays more than almost anyone um, and it's like astronomically high. I'll tell you what, those, uh, those are some nice airplanes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a reason. It's because they're not having to compete in the same way that the huh. U.S. airlines are. And it's a big issue. That's why the U.S. airlines, generally speaking, can't compete on the routes that Emirates flies. Because if it's heavily subsidized, it's the same as like Hyundai. Like Hyundais are generally cheaper because they're subsidized by the South Korean government. So if I can get this, if I'm as a consumer can get the same benefit for less due to a subsidy, what's the chance, what's the choice? Um, And so I think we shouldn't be bailing out those types of companies. We should be, you know, helping out the smaller ones. Um, Don't get me wrong. That's easier said than done. And it's in LA for the most part, um, at least in my area, which is the South Bay, um, people have handled it pretty well. Like businesses, you know, they, they adjusted to like having to serve like restaurants, having to serve people outdoors, you know, doing a lot of pickup, 
but this is a much more busy city. Um, I'm sure Chicago and New York are similar mm-hmm. where they still have that, but in rural areas, it's definitely a real grind. And uh, I just think this situation shows more better than anything else lately, uh, how unequal the playing field is um, due to unregulated, um, you know, big business. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you got situations where people are going into Costco and you got so many people in these Costco's and I mean, <laughs> using the word regulation and Costco in the same sentence at the moment, kind of laughable. Cause I've, I've seen the large crowds in the Costco's and I'm like, Oh, so that's okay. But, uh, mom and pop shops got to stay closed. Yeah. 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 And that, that does suck. And, um, yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's sad to see, like, you'll see, um, so two points on that is, one, um, both the, uh, this is political, sorry, but both the establishment Democrats and the, you know, Republicans yeah. both, you know, allowed that. They right. both, yeah, they, both right. they both signed the bailout bill. They now don't get me wrong. There was an immense amount of pressure in order to do that, regardless of whether you wanted to, because you had to do something for the American people. But the reality is that when it came time for it, Congress didn't put the average American first. They put the big companies first. And the reason I say that the government should have gotten more equity in those companies is instead of bailing out companies and getting barely any with then only a caveat of like with the airlines, the caveat was that you had to keep uh, pay people 75% or no, that was a different bill, but basically you had to keep people on for the end of uh, September. Yeah. Guess what? That means when that's signed, anyone working in the airlines knows that there's going to be people getting fired as soon as October 1st hits. Uh you know, uh, if 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 a company can't compete in the market, the government shouldn't bail them out unless they are getting, you know, guarantees that they're going to keep people employed. Fair. And yeah. if if a company can't do that, then they need to either, you know, become nationalized or go out of business or cut their CEO pay, you know, but you can't. We have a real problem. You know, there was a lot of people upset about it in 2008. There's a lot of people upset about it now where you have companies that have been irresponsible with their, you know, savings and then needed help from the government. And now the U.S. government in like 08 especially did a really good job. We'll see about this one because we haven't had enough time, but they did a really good job in as far as that they got returns out of those bailouts. So like when they they got the, the preferred stock in the banks or. Yes. So what okay. happened was when they when they when they bail out, they got um, ownership stakes yeah, and yeah. then ended up making a net profit for the average taxpayer. Got However, it. the average taxpayer is kind of not a real thing because they didn't see that uh, the U.S. government did. But you as an average individual didn't, you know, you didn't sense. get like a check in the mail. Um and so that's the problem, in my opinion, is that it it benefits the people that hold the stock because no matter what, it's going to keep increasing the asset price of that stock because more of it's being bought and held up. But the average person in America doesn't own stock anyway. So what did that, did you know? In my opinion, you have to, if you're going to do bailouts, you have to hold companies very strictly accountable. Um, and our government just hasn't done that Uh and then even, and then this is my second point, sorry, is uh, 
unemployment. So like the unemployment benefits, this is another issue, especially in like rural areas you see where the cost of living is lower is people talking about how like, oh, unemployment's too high, uh, like the amount uh, given because they gave a $200. Yeah, it was like 600 Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so they gave you know additional 600 per week. And it's like, you know, when you're, they're, they're saying basically it's like, oh, well, there are people that are making more on unemployment than they are working. And it's like, you know, what's the, like, in my opinion, mm. that's a problem with the wages, not a problem with the unemployment. Oh. So you're, because you're I, making the argument that the wages should have been higher in the first place and that wouldn't have decentivized them to work because the if the work wages were higher than they would have been like, yes. this is less than I'm getting paid? Yes, okay. that would be my argument. I mean, it depends on the area and it's definitely a gray area because of cost of living. In like Los Angeles, as an example, getting less than that for yeah, that would have been rough. is insane. Yeah, because yeah. The, the cost of living is ridiculous. I mean, you get a really small apartment for what would be a, a nice place in other... In other areas, especially rural areas, there I mean, laugh, right. laughable easily... difference in cost of living. Oh yeah, and and so there's definitely a middle ground there, um, and I'm not sure exactly the best way to fix that. But in my opinion, as an average American, I would not be upset about someone making more on unemployment because you know, I, I I'd be more upset with what affects me as an average person. What you know? Why am I not getting a bigger share of the profits from that company? Um, well, that's what, my view. What were your thoughts on how other countries handled it regarding? I think the UK had like seventy or eighty percent of their uh, pay was given to everyone that was helped and subsidized by the government part. And that's <clears throat> and most of the EU did that, at least yeah. as far as I know, because I know Germany, France, and UK did that, and Canada did. 2000 a month stimulus checks every month since the beginning. And in my opinion, that's a much better strategy. Now I would have to look into exactly how they, you know, where they're allocating that from. Um, from my understanding, they were doing, uh, at least in Germany, they were doing it from a sovereign wealth fund, kind of like, uh, Norway and the UAE have. Um, but I would have to look into exactly how they were paying for it. But in my opinion, having in my opinion instituting a wealth tax is the way to do it and you have mm. to do that because i don't think that there's i don't think stimulus helps the average person um because i think that if i'm a person that's in need and i don't have the money to cover expenses then if i get $1200 i'm just going to spend that $1200 when i do that that's going to go back in the economy and increase asset values which is then going and i'm not going to have that money and even mm. if i do I can only save it because I can't afford to invest it if I don't have an uh, emergency fund. And so then my money continues to get smaller while I'm pumping up the asset values of the people that have assets. So the problem, in my opinion, with just a stimulus is that you're not, is you're making the wealth gap continue to grow. Interesting. But that's, that's my view. In general, I think the better. I think the better alternative is you have to tax people more in order to do that, which is what those countries do in general. Uh, yeah, they do compared to the United States. Yeah, I think we I think I mean, obviously, Canada as a whole taxes people much more than we do um, I have family yes. from Canada, I have family in Toronto. They acknowledge that all the time. Pretty entertaining. I remember when I went to a Burger King in Toronto in Toronto uh, for some reason or when I was traveling like uh, by the border, I remember just seeing it was like a 
in 2012, I think a, a meal was like 860, like a burger meal. Yeah. I was like, what the heck? Jesus. Yeah. That Whoa. is that is the the balancing act. And I, I think I it, it's a balancing act. I don't know. This is my view is that generally speaking, when you look at something like say the uh, worker to CEO pay ratio over the years, um, it's only gotten larger and larger over time, which tells you that it's not an issue of money not being available. It's an issue of allocation of that money. Mm you know, between the workers and between, you know, the CEO slash investors. And I think that generally speaking that we can raise, I think that if you raise workers, pay, you know, workers pay, you're going to end up making it better for those workers. And um, even if prices go up, you know, some, the obscene growth of CEO pay is, uh, is a real issue. Oh, especially. Totally. Yeah, like when you're looking, you know, as, as an like Amazon is like the classic example right now. It, it, there's no reason for Bezos in you know someone having that much money is not helping society. You know, I think that that's if he wanted to lobby for what if he wanted to create a super PAC and lobby for whatever he wanted, um, he they could do it fundamentally control our entire government if you wanted to yeah you and know I, that is that is a fair way to look at it it's not exactly um it's not ideal to say the least i think i think we got you know we got people who you know it's actually funny the last person out of the podcast likes jeff bezos is it bezos or bezos is it and i've always said bezos but yeah it's either way uh, some people say bezos i don't know yeah, bezos but yeah yeah, it's funny. I think I think some people have different opinions on him. It's like I remember my uh, my brother makes a joke about it often. He's like, he's just one like if he just becomes president, he's Lex Luthor. Look at the guy, the the yeah. balding and the the balding and yes. the richness. And I like, have yeah, I, you know what? I hadn't thought about. I that. think it's coming out. Yeah, I think it's coming out today. Is I have a video coming out. Yeah, it's today. It, it came did. out. Yeah, it came out today, and it's on. Uh, it's it's Bezos is on the um, the thumbnail as Doctor Evil. Nice. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's That's pretty funny. good. But but yeah, what? So what was his opinion on Bezos? Uh, my brother. Um, or no, the other guy that liked him. Oh, I don't um, dislike. It was, it was I don't a, like her. I don't know. It was a woman. They just thought that that it was interesting. How I think it was more from a. It was more of a, from a conceptual standpoint on how he took a business and all the different failures to success. I'm not sure they did acknowledge the, for sure the, some of the, the downfalls. And I, I think he's a he's a smart guy. I think, I think we all can oh, acknowledge I, he's a smart guy. Agreed. And I don't I don't think I don't think that he inherently is good or bad. I don't yeah, think anyone. Right. In, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone inherently is good or bad. I don't think that the world is black and white. I think you just think that, that that money could, you know. I I think. I think that fundamentally that he is doing what he is supposed to do in order to win um, at the game. And I think that the issue is not with the players of the game. The issue is with the rules of the game. Uh, that's and fair. you that's have, fair. I think that it's incumbent on the system to regulate the players, not to, I don't, I don't think a person making I mean, there's definitely a line like, you know, if you're committing genocide, like, yes, you know, you're horrible. But if you're doing just in the capitalist way that Bezos is or Musk, um, 
I definitely have some issues with like their opinions on like labor unions within their companies, but I don't think that, that they're doing those. Yeah. I don't think they're doing those things because they're evil. I think they're doing those things because that's what's incentivized within the system. Right. And I think, and I think you have to, I think that you have to recognize that that's a danger to democracy at a certain point. Like once you get to a certain level, um, I know you'll see people on it. Right. I like, you'll see people on the right as an example, always talk about uh, George Soros as a boogeyman. And (laughs) here's the, here's the problem. Um, (laughs) He doesn't have anywhere near the economic influence of people you're not talking about. So what's, I mean, compared to like Bezos as an example, Bezos has far more. So then is like, then the Soros foundation. Right. Bezos could, Bezos could easily, it's, it's a very convenient scapegoat is what, is what I'll say. Um, and it's uh, historically, um, historically it was a thing back in the day, you know, whether it was like the Rothschilds or whatever boogeyman name that it was, there's a coincidence that throughout history, there tends to be a boogeyman of, um, a Jewish variety since the late 1800s and Soros is the most recent incarnation of that. Gotcha. Um, and I think I personally believe that to be a scapegoat when you can look and see that there's far more, you know, powerful economic influences in the world. That's fair. I feel like that, that does, that does get brought up a lot. I have heard a lot about the, uh, the old, uh, that negative media. I know a lot of mainstream people have, um, you know, there's been celebrities that have come out and said some weird stuff recently oh yeah the stuff the most recent i think was nick cannon okay yeah um don't want to get too into that obviously yeah i'll stay off um, of course he's still on the mass singer i don't know how by the way yeah go look into it go look into it anyone that's interested i'm gonna look up how he's still on the mass singer that's 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 what i'm um weird stuff but yeah not not good stuff anyways uh continue but yeah, no. So anyway, to get back off that, yeah, I don't think that it's a problem with him. I think that though, theoretically, um, at a certain point, um, he, Elon Musk, people in that position have benefited from the United States, mm-hmm. whether it be through funding, um, through incentives to come to certain areas, which Amazon heavily has uh, every time they've gone to a new city and started a new plant there or warehouse, they've yeah. received government funding in order to do so and tax incentives. Tesla wouldn't exist without tax incentives. You know, even Mitt Romney, who I am not a fan of, pointed that out when he was running in 2008 or 2012, rather, um, that, you know, Tesla was not, they would not have a, they're they're a very good company. They have a very good concept, Mm -hmm. but the reality is they wouldn't be here without those government subsidies. That's fair. Um, And so in my opinion, they've been given a lot from society. They should be willing to give back. And if they aren't, then you can't really do much to help those small businesses because the reality is they can't compete. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it's interesting as well. Uh, you look at the, hmm, how do I word this in a nice way? Uh, you look at the inability of law enforcement to uh, crack down on, do you remember when uh, Tesla or Elon Musk was just like, I'm opening. Yep. Yeah. And the oh, law I had a huge issue. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the, the law enforcement's like, the state police is like, well, we can't tell them to do anything because the county police got to do something. The county police is like, well, the, the city police got to do something. And the city police is like, we're not doing anything. What do you like, you remember that? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, oh man, this is bad. Well, <laughs> and so I found that particularly funny because I'm like, so I, I'm a pretty big, like I work in the space program. 
obviously I like, you know, SpaceX. I'm I've been influenced by Musk, you know, growing up. Like I think like you're talking like you're talking about your other guests, talking about Bezos is like, you know, inspirational. I think that there are some very inspirational aspects to him. However, that was one that was kind of like very wow. ironic to me because in that same time he went on a tirade on Twitter talking about how he was gonna move uh the company to Texas. And it's like Hold up, dude. You re- like a few years ago, you specifically, you know, lambasted Texas because their lobbying rules wouldn't let you move there if you didn't have dealerships. So now you want to go there after you've taken all this money from the state of California and that's literally the only state that would pay for you to survive? Like, what are you talking about? You know, he, and he's, he's... that's my, I don't have any problem with people, you know, doing well, making money, all that type of stuff, obviously. I want people to do that. However, you know, it's kind of like if you, if, if I grew up in like, you know, an upper middle class family, uh-huh. if I didn't acknowledge that I had, you know, good parents that helped me, you know, have a worldview or have a perspective or have access to, you know, a good school or food and said, I did it all on my own. That's a little delusional. Like, and nobody would like me for it. Yeah, it's 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 hard to hear when you hear those situations. I will I will always acknowledge. You know, I I grew up middle. Here's an example. I grew up in a middle class household. Uh, I I had some help, um, monetary in multiple different ways and and conceptually. I mean, my dad works in finance. I th- I think that helped me out a, a lot. You know, I you, you learn some things when when your dad manages finances and yeah, you just just yeah. This, this is what I got to say. That very. Right. And so I just think, I, I just think that generally speaking that, um, you know, I, I think that we have to, you know, we have to realize that we, let me put it this way. Elon Musk is closer to being, um, you know, broke than Jeff Bezos is to being Elon Musk. Huh? Just to give you perspective, you know what I'm saying? Like that's how, so now think about that in perspective of you and me versus like Elon Musk, we have more in common with the average, you know, unhoused person than we do with Elon Musk. And I think that it's important for the average working class person to understand that. And to remember that, um, you know, we should, we should be, um, you know, voting and supporting things that are in our best interests. Very fair. Very fair. Um, you know, it's crazy. We're going to get a, there's going to be an election soon. You think about that? I haven't been thinking. I mean, I have been thinking about. Everyone's been thinking. Of about course, it, I've like, been thinking. Yeah, you're like, yes, of course. What are you saying? Um, but like, in all seriousness, I mean, we got when I'm recording this, it's the 24th, like I said. So we got another week till October, and then you got only what is it? The eight? Is it the eighth or the fourth? I'm getting. Uh, it's the third. Third. And then oh, the fourth see? is the day after. They got it. Um, it's because everyone's been joking about the day after that's uh, why. something disappearing. That's yeah, why. That's that's why. Yeah, people have been making that joke for a while. Um, so we got five weeks. Five and a half, huh? That was quick. Mm-hmm. Very. 2020 has gone by extremely fast while we've been inside. I was been acknowledge- I was acknowledging this to the last guest. Um, we've been doing this this uh, whole uh, beer thing shindig for six months. Yeah, like, it's what insane. Like what? It's insane to think about. We got foosball back. We got foosball. <laughs> I love foosball. Uh, we got baseball. Yes. We got. Chicken wings, America. Um, we got a lot, of, yep. a lot of stuff back, which has been good. That's a positive thing. Another positive thing. What mic are you using? It sounds good. Yeah, I'll send you a link, but it's uh, it's a f- f- fine, uh, F-I-F-I-N-E, and it's uh, 
Yeah, it works really well. I'll yeah. send you a link. Okay, cool. Because they they uh, send me um send me an email saying like I'll let you try it out for free. Oh, yeah, and like awesome. I'll let you have one for free if you review it and make a video. And I'm like, huh. That's the way to do it. That's yeah. the that's that's awesome. Makes me think I want to reach out to like a, a budget GoPro company and be like, no, that's that's a hundred percent what you should do. That's how I got into um like literally from age nineteen till now. I've not had to buy running shoes since then. That's awesome. And that's literally that's literally from just emailing out people, like going awesome. on running, going on like Let's Run forums and looking for contact info for like Brooks and Sony uh, and Saucony and New Balance and Nike and just emailing people until you get an answer. Dude, you actually got the running shoes though? Yeah. I, some of them I have like Saucony, I have to send back because they're prototypes, but mm. then, uh, you know, other ones. So if it's from the direct, if it's directly from the company with running shoes, if it's directly mm. from the, the make, then you have to send it back. But if it's through a third party. So I also do uh, reviews for runrepeat.com, oh, which okay, okay. anyone, yeah, if I, them, I get to keep, um, each time. So yeah. smart, smart. I definitely, I feel like as my, my channel grows and my, I don't want to say influence because that just sounds weird. My uh, my channel grows <laughs> like I, I definitely could. I'm, I'm I already have two microphones, so I was like, I don't need another one. I don't want to be mic guy. I don't need a million microphones, but I can I can deal with I can deal with some uh, some budget GoPros or something. Some like third third um, company GoPros, you know. I, I wouldn't yeah. mind. I just need. I just this is what I want uh, in my life. I just want this. I want to be able to do a coffee shot with this nice DLSR, DSLR camera. And I want people to think I'm pouring coffee in, onto my camera as a, as a, as an alternating shot, but it's really just an action cam in a giant vase and I'm just pouring water on it and then cut back. And it's just a great sequence. That's, I saw a Peter McKinnon video about it and I'm just, like, I've seen it. I've seen the same seen exact it. video. It's, it's so good. Yeah. I just, I've been wanting an action cam for months because of that. And I'm just, I'm too stingy with my money to make it happen. Definitely. I would definitely go with the GoPro cause I went with the action Osmo. Yeah. Um, from DJI and it's really good, but it has like, like it's really convoluted to live stream mm. with compared mm. to a GoPro and stuff like that where GoPro is just a head. Yeah. The, the nine that came out, have you seen the nine? Yeah. That's the, Dude. I would, I would not get the eight, the Dude. eight, the eight was like so close, but like then there was just, the nine. yeah, they have the 30% the front, bigger the, battery, the front facing camera. That's yep. Oh. Oh. The lack of front facing was a huge issue with the eight. Oh man, it's just it, it just looks so good. I mean, there's so many aspects to it. You're just like, I want, I want, but do I need? Wants right. and needs. Something, something, self development. Something. Yes. Something, productivity. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Something. Oh man, that's a hard one. But I'll be honest, I, I just I keep skipping out on getting stuff for the channel. I haven't gotten anything for the channel since. Well, I did get this Joby thing that it's managing to hold my phone on top of my monitor right now, which is pretty great. I'm debating on getting a monitor stand. I, I'm I'm constantly debating on getting a lot of things, which means I just never get anything until there's like a holiday. That's so, the same way I am. Yeah. I have a ton of order uh like lists, you know, online of like what I things of stuff I want to get. Yeah. I'm waiting till I, I'm 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 at some point gonna get a new phone and then I'll have <laughs> because I have a four year old phone right now, or probably older. I don't I think it's, it's I've had it it's old. Yeah, I've had it it's for a like while. You're you're a little behind the time, which is okay. It's okay, bud. Very. You, you know, not all of us not all of us update our phones often. I don't really. Mine was five years old before I got the, the iPhone 11. But you know what I will say? 
I did just think to myself, you know, I'm gonna get monetized around Black Friday. So I could justify Black Friday price of a GoPro Hero 9 with, you know, with the with the, the lower price and it'd be pretty oh, great. Definitely. I don't know. Yeah, I could I wanna get yeah, I wanna get like a like an A fifty one hundred uh from Sony then. Um and I wanna get another monitor because oh, right yeah. now because I had my second monitor that I used my laptop, but then I built this PC. Um, and so now it's like, I only have one monitor because of that. So yeah. Do two and, monitors change your life? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's amazing. But, but yeah, that. no, that was my splurge was the PC. Like I was like, that'll help a lot. And it was a huge upgrade. Cause I went from like a hundred, only 128 um, gig of storage and like only eight gigabyte of RAM on a laptop to then uh, 32 gigabyte of RAM and uh, five terabytes of storage, like one SSD and four. Oh, yeah, man. That's HDD a life-changing and, move. Oh, it is. It's my, my, my stuff renders and literally like, you know, it, it's like a third of the length of it, you know, it's or faster. It's that's ridiculous. My I old, love it. My old one, it would take like, like a 10 yeah a 10 minute video might take 40 minutes and i was like this is come on you're like (laughs) what am i doing here and uh now you know what i am thinking um back to when i got my pc i got my pc in about 20 i want to say 2018 the or like the 2018 2019 sort of crossover time period because it was over winter break i got my pc then man i tell you what the last time I made an investment saying I was going to make the money back, I did. I got uh, some video editing gigs, made that stuff back in like two months. I can, uh, the justification just keep on coming in my head, Dimitri. You gotta, I gotta pull the trigger. Next thing you know, GoPro Hero 5. Nope, 9. Jesus. I'm just yeah, trying to skip out on myself say. already. Calm down, Dimitri. Okay. Right. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, GoPro Hero 9. I'll be vlogging with it instead of my phone or, I mean, I got this DSLR, like it's, it's, it's basically, I got the DSLR in the bag and my logic is this. If I was going to spend like a thousand bucks on a DSLR camera, this is half price. It's basically half price and I get both. Oh yeah. I I think, yeah, I think, yeah. If you have access to both, why not? That's a no brainer. If I can make it back and then by the time I'm finished, I'll have like a graduation, like a bunch of graduation money, maybe from people who are kind enough to give me money from the a big Italian family. And then right. I could buy the real camera. Oh man, these justifications just keep coming. They, they won't stop. Right. I, the next thing you know, I'm going to get off this call and I'm going to buy the GoPro Hero 9. Um, <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm going to make a video. You know what? I could justify making a video of it since it's so early and it could go viral and then I'd make money off it because I could review That's it. That's true. That's true. The yeah. Graham, Stefan Tesla story. Oh <laughs> man. Heck, I, got, I don't want to say I got lucky, but dang it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. I would like to make a video on a product I bought for a bunch of money and then it pay back it for it like 10, 20 times. That'd be yep. wonderful. Like I make this <laughs> GoPro hero, uh, this GoPro hero nine video. And next thing I know I get, what do they let's say 20 X. I get, I don't know, like uh, 10 grand from it. 10. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be great. I'd love 10 grand. Same. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be nice. Just be like, Hey guys, watch check out for the GoPro hero nine. 10 grand it's like i've never seen such cinematography over a over a over a gopro review yeah well that's what you get for me that'd be funny make yeah. a vlog with it yeah for it's, sure it's been it's been fun though I've, I've been doing a lot of uh i've been doing a lot of changes to my channel a little bit you know i got these study with me live streams i don't know if you've, you've uh, 
Oh, I've, I've tuned into all of them. Oh, oh yeah. You're, you're a legend for yeah. that. Anyone who tunes in to the, all of these are... <laughs> I tell you what, man. The second I started doing that, the watch time. Of course, no, and it's it's a smart like it's a smart way to go. It's searchable. It was the best. Yeah. It was the best idea I've ever had. Bar yeah, not, and it, I I agree. You and Vince starting to do all the live stream stuff was uh, a big. Like I had always thought of doing that, but I was like, for some reason, I had put this like arbitrary limitation that I wouldn't do it until I got to a thousand subscribers, um, which was silly. Yeah, uh, and so then once y'all started doing that, I was like. Why There's not? no reason I shouldn't do this. Yeah, and exactly. then, yeah. And it's much more natural. It, it makes it um, better. It makes it better. And, and I, plus I, you don't procrastinate that way. Cause otherwise for me, yours is a different style for sure. But like, for me, it's like, if I have to make a video on a specific topic, I'm going to put so much time into like trying to get, you know, make sure I don't mess up, make sure I have everything right. And it just ends up taking you know, 10 X the time that it needs to. And it's more important to just do it and practice. So that way you're, you know, better at it in the future and you can do it in less takes. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what I will say with the study with me, live streams, like, yo, my watch time went from about 120 a week on average to it's at two sixty for this week. And I'm just like, yeah, that's pretty, that's good. awesome. That's that's, that's pretty awesome. good. And, it, and it's like, it started the first week. It was like 200, second week, 220, 240. Now it's at 260. I have a feeling like, you know, there's going to be some marginal and repeat gains from like old study with me live stream videos. So if like, I noticed the other day, like my one from a week ago got six views and I'm like, why? Like, why? Oh, if, if this becomes a trend and then YouTube's like, oh, this guy's getting a lot of watch time at once. Then they, they might be like algorithm. Doo, doo, doo. Right. Oh no, I think so too. And it's, and, and it's searchable. That's really the main thing is like you said before. Yeah. People are going to search that topic. You know, if you're able to get it where it's SEO, you know, well, I have uh, actually like the last one I did was my most successful one. And I've got TubeBuddy and actually I haven't brought it up, but I got TubeBuddy Pro recently. Very, very good investment. Like that's just like small enough where I can justify it. So it's, it's very cheap. And, um, you know, I SEO'd that thing and there was a like a consistent stream. Like while it was live, every minute there'd be a view that was like a, like a, uh, like a live view or every two minutes I'd say it was like a YouTube search view. And I was like, huh, must've keyworded it right. Got it right. I'm very excited to see how I can keep tweaking this, this new SEO I'm trying to do. I am trying to spend more time on it. I am also, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put captions in my videos. Like I'm going to, so quick tip if, I mean, I know you're doing this live podcast now, but so YouTube has auto-generated captions, right? So if you just hate yourself for about three times the amount of time that the video you are is being put out, uh, statistics have shown that if you put captions on your videos that are edited, it will increase your views by about 15% because YouTube pushes it out more because it has better SEO. Um, because uh, the auto-generated stuff does not count toward index crawling that YouTube does. But if you edit the auto-generated ones and then hit save, it will make a new one that will be considered a brand new, like you wrote out the captions, but all you're doing is adding periods, capitalizing things and fixing words. Gotcha. Yeah. That I might have to do. Yeah. So look up the video. Yeah. I'll, I can send it to you after, but like look up um, yeah, how sure. to uh, put captions on YouTube videos. And I found out that was like a very easy one. So I'm going to spend like an hour a week. You know, I have uh, my videos on Sundays will now be, you know, like the usual 10 plus 10, 12 minute video. Uh, and if I just, you know, just sit down for an hour and do that and improve my SEO for another hour. 
and you know about two hours on on that kind of stuff that I wasn't before and fig and uh, I will then probably get some better views on my videos because YouTube will be able to search that and also what I will do is I'm gonna start doing this I think this is a tip for anyone uh, I used to put my whole script if not most of my script that would fit in the description YouTube crawls and indexes your videos better that way as well so I will download the new captions that I'll get and then I'm gonna just like paste it into the description delete some stuff that doesn't have a lot of the keyword density in it like nonsense like hi or the buy or the or the nothingness of my videos and it does affect YouTube SEO because YouTube will see that more and I got lazy with that and I need to get back to doing that gotcha I'll definitely have to check that and TubeBuddy out because yeah because mine it's like you know, now it's, I, I essentially, I figure out, you know, a couple topics I want to cover each week, um, that are relevant, um, you know, to the average person, I think. And then, you know, I'll, I'll have those notes. I have like a couple bullet points and then basically, you know, I sit down and talk about each topic for 10 to 20 plus minutes. Yeah, um, and then, and then that way when I finish, you know, it's done. And then it's, you know, I do that for an hour and, and a half. Clip, you're clipping it right now, which I think and, is a good idea. Well, and what you can do is uh, on OBS, uh, you know, you you can have hotkeys where you can start the stream. But then, as I'm speaking and I switch uh. to subjects, I can hit one button and have start record. And then when uh. I finish, hit one button stop record. And then when I finish, I've got five to six video clips already ready. And then all I I'll show you, I'll send you a video. And then all I have to do is edit the intro and outro and time it and schedule it for upload. And so then it allows me to get in three hours total done, you know, for the live stream and five videos for the week. You're a legend um, for that. That's smart. I, it, it was y'all's, it was the inspiration from you guys on the live stream. And then I was like, you know, you know, watching other things like Joe Rogan and things like that, where you realize, well, this is a good way to do it. Those five videos, the sub videos are, you know, searchable. Those are the yeah. ones that the average person might stumble upon. Exactly. And then, the live stream is just the way to, you know, to speak one with the audience to, and then two, to get myself better at speaking in long format on, you know, camera and recording. Um, yeah. I was, I was considering this concept and I, I gotta, gotta run it by you real quick. I have this podcast. I was thinking about making another podcast uh, channel and just doing like a RPP clips channel or, um, or just like putting the clips. I feel like putting the clips wouldn't make much sense on my channel. Um, because you already make enough videos. Yeah, because I already make enough videos. But I have considered doing that or I have considered, you know, I do do homework on Mondays. You know, like, should I stream the third time? Do I? Should I? Is it too much? Do, can it only help? What do you think? I think it can only help. Should I, think I just it might stream hurt. whenever I do homework? I think it would help. I mean, it depends on the person. Like, obviously, if it alienates your own viewers, uh, then that's the problem. But yeah. I don't think that's the case. And as far as clips, like what my long-term plan is, is for now, I'll do them on my channel. And you might want to do that as well. And then once you get to a certain point subscriber-wise and you want like, you know, maybe 5K, 10K, whatever it is you want, then what my plan is, is to then make a, uh, you can make a branded channel, which is a channel that's underneath your channel then what you can do is make a branded channel, which would be RPP clips. Yeah. And then you or can like auto JRE, JRE clips. Oh, you could auto move that stuff. You can, uh, yeah, with uh. it's only with branded channels. Yeah, so if you I make have a, a branded one, I don't have a branded one right now. And it's easy, but ba I'll send you, but basically yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you make a branded, you can then move all of them over. So in that way, there's no real, and it doesn't lose any of your likes or other comments or watch time. Your comments will not transfer, but every other comment likes and watch time will. You know, I have thought about, I definitely 100%, by the way, a lot of these ideas I'm throwing out, right? So I'm in a time sink right now, or not time sink, I'm in a time hole right now with, in regards to, it's the same sink hole, whatever. Um, I'm, I got school, I got, I'm taking extra classes. Usually my program is only three classes a, a quarter, but I'm at four. Um, I run a lot. I, I, we, we both know why I run a lot. I just can't say it. Um, and, you know, if I had more time, I, I would definitely put more into this. It's just like, I have so many different Same. things. Like, I just want, if I just had like a little helper, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just need one person and, to, because you know, I have a website too. People forget that. I have a website. Like, I, and I need to why, update that. Like, ugh. That's why I think it's better to go ahead and just upload a lot constantly. You know, so clips, whatever, throw those on and make it so that it's searchable, generally speaking, up until the point where you get to a, a to your channel gets to a point where it's big enough that then when you make that clips channel, you can auto move people, you know, people will auto move over. Cause if yeah. you already have like 5,000 or 10,000 subs, then when you make that clips channel, instead of if you made it right now and it would have maybe a hundred people move over, you know, you have 500 or a thousand move over. Cause the reality is it's not going to be, you know, no, you're totally right on that. Not part. Even gonna I be, agree. It's not even going to be 30% generally speaking, that's going to move over, you know, from one to the next. Um, so no, I, I think totally it's better just that. to make, make your own channel searchable and then do it. Uh, huh. in my opinion, you know, th that's fair. I definitely think there will be an RPP clips channel at some point because like there's no world in where it doesn't benefit me if I'm already monetized on this channel to try to get another one, um, like another one monetized that's searchable because every podcast Every podcast does that. Every smart podcast does that. You know, you got exactly you got the sports podcast that randomly pop up on your feed and it's usually the clip and then you find the real one later and you're like, oh, this makes sense. It's a real podcast. I also just remember that one of the my favorite sports podcasts I used to watch on YouTube, I should do on the podcast app because I've been using that more. Oh, that's good. My roommates decided to yell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, this was a funny interaction. Um. All good. Um, <laughs> We're all you human. Know, um, it happens. Anyways, I, I muted that out for a reason. So I appreciate having you on the show. We did a lot of little random talks, but this was the most like, this was the most casual conversation I probably had on this channel besides maybe with Vince, you know, he and I are usually pretty casual about it, but I thought people would be interested in just hearing us talk about life and about the economy a little bit. And I thought that was fun. And um, for sure. definitely, you know, what? I, I told Vince this today. I just called him up. You know, I'm going to start calling you randomly sometimes. You're my YouTube friend. We, we should talk about this stuff more. You know, we don't we don't we, we don't talk anymore. Oh, definitely. We don't, definitely. We don't. I'm a horrible person when it comes to reaching out to people. But yeah, obviously feel free anytime. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't have to be for content purposes. I, I just. Right. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, not. Just, just call him. What, what am I doing? All right, man. Thank and you so much for having or sorry. You. you you want oh, more thing than I was going to say, <laughs> and that's that's one great thing for me at least during this like COVID situation is because everyone's so you know at home now and less busy is I've spent so much time like talking to friends on the phone. Uh, it's been really nice. Yeah, that part has. It's been perfect. Anyway, um, plug yourself one last time. I'll end the show up. 
Yeah. So again, it's the Wealth for 99 podcast with Drew Rice, and we'll be focusing on economics, fiscal policy, and anything that affects the average working class person. So be sure to tune tune in on Sundays at 2 p.m. and check out my uh, clips throughout the week if you don't have time. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. With that being said, I will see you guys in the next one.